Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode with Kelly, we are talking all about loving ourselves first so that we can change our worlds. This, I have to say, was recorded after a busy day's work and Kelly just totally cheered me up no end. So this is a great conversation. We're talking about your soul work, about society's conditioning, about how we put people down when they shine and how can we learn to just be our unique selves and prioritise ourselves. So much wisdom in this and I actually can't wait to, to connect with Kelly and her stuff that she's doing in the world because if it can change uh bit of a difficult day, uh, then I can't wait to see what I could actually do if I engaged with it all a wee bit more. Enjoy. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's lovely to be here, Anne. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on. I know, and you have arrived here uh, via somebody else who's been on the podcast, which is lovely. So tell us a bit about you. So my name's Kelly. I am now and since April this year, the owner of a small business. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm called The Soul Call. Mm-hmm. And what I'm loving to do every day is I'm supporting clients to follow their soul call by mm-hmm. living, learning and leading through their own soul work. So I suppose I'm not a great one for labels, but I call myself a spiritual well-being coach. I'm also an energy healer. So the way I look at the world is through the lens of the unseen, so energy, vibration and frequency. So I do energy healing, I do soul coaching and I do intuitive readings as well. I've also just recently trained in something called silent counselling as well. And all of that has been work in the making for many, many, many years. Um, I stepped out of my closet, I outed myself in April this year after holding down a 22-year career in primary education and I was latterly a head teacher for four years. Wow, that is a big change. A big change, yes. I can't (laughs) wait to hear more about what you're going to tell me because there's some of those things that you've said there that you do that I don't even have any heard of before, that I don't even know what they are. (laughs) So I can't wait. All of that, Kelly, in a big, long career and teaching, goodness, and head teaching, I can't wait to hear. What do you know for sure? (laughs) What I know for sure, Anne, is by loving ourselves first, we can change the world. Mm, and how do you know that? So I suppose where I've arrived at in my head is that for me, I think, especially in Scotland, we have societal cultures where I've reflected quite deeply on some of that. And I think we've kind of been getting it wrong. Yes. I I grew up feeling that... You know, even when I think back to my own school days when I was a pupil, especially at high school, I know how difficult being a teenager was if Mm -hmm. I think back. And I've got two teenage daughters myself. I think there is society conditioning where we look at others, sometimes, you know, those that are shining brightly and will maybe come out with some derogatory terms like, look at her, doesn't she love herself? Or look at him, he's full of himself. Mm And I think it's time to put down those conditionings and those kind of programs that we we put others down when they're shining brightly. Mm-hmm. 
And it's time, I think, for us to put down new paradigms where we should be holding one another up and really commending people for shining their light brightly because we all have a light to shine and we're all unique. And I guess through my career, I have seen that repeatedly playing out with children in primary school. Mm-hmm. And it really, really became a bit of a mission of mine to to put these children back together as quickly as possible to say, no, do not listen to those words, you know, listen to what's in your heart, listen to what's in your heart and speak your truth and stand, you know, in your own unique Mm-hmm. We, you know, um, what I say to it's actually you really resonate because so often I say to people when they say I'm no meaning to sound big headed or I'm no, and I say, Oh no, shine your light bright in front of me, pal. I think we all should. And I'll actually probably say that on almost a daily basis to somebody that I'm speaking to. You don't need to dim your light for me. I love people that know what they're good at. So, you know, but isn't it interesting that we've become culturally where. That is the wrong and paradigm. I think is an interesting way to put it. That we actually believe that it's it's negative to say, "Well, I'm really good at this, so I'm going yeah. to do this, and you're going to do what you're really good at." I mean, the world would be a different place, wouldn't it? And it absolutely would. And the saddest bit about it is the adults with the responsibility for these little people, the children that we are nurturing and we're bringing into the world, can actually cause the biggest damage. Mm-hmm. And because we have been conditioned to think a certain way, so, you know, we play out these um, behaviours and what we say and how we act and how we behave and how we communicate with each other. And, you know, it's, it's very, very... I'm a, you know, I'm a great believer in, you know, if somebody was to say to me and, you know, to reflect back on my school life, what were the things that you remember? I don't really remember the subjects so much. I remember how I was made to feel. Mm. And, uh, you know, when you talk to your own children, they talk about their teachers, you know. So we as educators, as parents, as the adults, we have such a huge responsibility to model all of the the ways that we can, all the loving ways to allow our children to really grow and develop to be all that they came here to be. And that's why I moved into the, the job and the role that I'm doing now because, and unashamedly so, because I had worked as an underground healer for a long time because there was a bit of shame there mm. about, and there was a bit of judgment, you know, and mm-hmm. that was because in my mind, I was listening to that self-saboteur and that was my parents who had placed judgments on me being different in the family. So we, we can be each other's liberator or we can be each other's jailer. And a lot of it comes from the constructs in our mind and the voices in our head that are played in. And I think the best way you can do that with compassion, I often feel, is that people do the best they can with what they've got. And so, you know, people that have said things to you, maybe never meant it in a negative way, saying, you know, so for me, it would most commonly be, don't draw so much attention to yourself. Stop being so loud. You don't need to be the joker. You don't need to sort people's business for them. You know, that would have been, you don't need to organise everybody in. But that was very naturally who I was. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't mean any harm in saying that to me, perhaps. 
but then it's how I take it. So how do you, I don't know, how do you balance that up, especially working with children, doing the work you're doing now, where you can say, well, you know, maybe my mum said that to me, but I know she didn't see it with anything other than love. She just, that was just how she saw the world. Have you balanced that up for yourself yet? Yeah, I think I am. I think I'm trying. I think, you know, I work now with adults. I'm I'm not working with children. And latterly, a lot of my career became not just about working with the children, but working with adults, the parents and staff who... I felt I was naturally very good at coaching them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've then gone into to the work that I'm doing, coaching them through really, really deep and reflective questions about how impactful the, the actions, behaviours and um, voices that have played out in their lives. Because what we want to do is we don't want to pass that down to future generations, these negative programmes. And you're absolutely right. You know, people can be so well-intentioned and that's where, you know, in a cultural societal norm, um, you know, we don't think that we're doing any harm to our children. But, you know, if we take a step back and we look at Scotland's mental health, Mm. we're not doing particularly well. And this is why I've reflected on this question so, so deeply and, What I'm finding in the work that I do, certainly through the soul coaching sessions, is that I'm hearing the same narrative, you know, time and time again. And there are so many of us out there that think that our needs, or we're we're behaving in that way, where our needs are not prioritised. We're bottom of the pile. And we're, we're meeting everybody else's needs. So we're meeting our children's needs if we've got caring responsibilities for elderly parents, we're meeting those those needs. We're running around, you know, I, I'm a working mum, you know, my husband's a working parent as well. And you, you're juggling so much, you're doing so much and trying to be so much to everybody else that actually, where do we feature? Hmm. And where, where are we keeping ourselves topped up? Because if we're running on empty then we're not giving that self-love to ourselves. So coming back to what I said earlier, I think that we've been getting it round the wrong way. (laughs) And, you know, I think that what we need to start doing now is prioritising ourselves. And it's not selfish to do that. I was brought up with the mindset, and I hear this from clients all the time, that to put yourself first is selfish. Mm. And in actual fact, the greatest gift of love that you can give anyone is love to yourself. And for our children to grow up with a deeper sense of their own self-identity through adults showing them compassion, through adults standing back and allowing them to express their own little soul to shine, you know, and who they came here to be in all of their fullness, and us standing back to support that, then what we're going to allow is, you know, that greater deep of self-love not to be eroded, but to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a beautiful friend of mine often talks about your cup should be overflowing with self-love and others should be sipping from your saucer. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just, it all resonates so much. And I get like, like you have got three kids and it's such a, a balancing act to say, well, I should put myself first because 
I don't want to raise daughters who don't put themselves first in their own life. And so if I show them that I don't put myself first, then when they become perhaps mothers, then they won't put themselves first. But equally, sometimes, quite honestly, you can feel very, very selfish when you put yourself first. And it's like, it is a bit of a, a jigsaw. I feel as if it's like, you know, one of those old fashioned weighing scales and it's trying to keep that level where you're not putting yourself... It's a juggle. So see the people that you're working with within the soul call. Is this just a common theme that is running through? Everybody's trying to work out how do I prioritise what's most important? Very much so. So often people are coming to me because they're stressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's not just as I came into my business. That's, you know, a 22-year career in education. I very much saw a lot of parents who... Um, were really really stressed in their lives and you know this is this is a time for us really now to think about laying down that new paradigm to say you know I'm, I'm here filled with love and you know by giving back to myself first and foremost and making sure that I'm prioritizing self love and self care and I'm radiating that love to others then that's the energy field that's going out so I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I look at the world as energy, frequency and vibration. So we all radiate a frequency. Yeah. You know, everything in the world is energetic. We know that. We know that to be true. And so if I'm feeling that I am filled with love, then I am radiating love to others. And it's that beautiful ripple effect out into the world. Because so often... We see the wounded healer yeah. <laughs> on their knees. Oh, we do. <laughs> on their knees. Uh-huh. And, you know, doing beautiful work, but they are absolutely knackered. <laughs> and, you know, we need to change that mindset that we need to be not prioritising ourselves, that, you know, to, to be a good person, we need to be given selflessly, constantly to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because really what, I found in my mid-40s is that it's taken me this long, really, to yeah. get to my mid-40s to say, let's have a big pause here, you mm-hmm. know, and to think, my goodness, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. I want that for my clients. And I absolutely know this to be true, that this is life-changing when we start to prioritise our own self-love. And so... One of the things that I show up to do now is I facilitate meditations. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got a beautiful membership called Solasta. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's based on the Scots Gaelic word Solasta, which is um, shining, radiant. And that's what I want everybody to remember, that we are all unique, shining, radiant beings. And the feedback that I am getting from members, um, it's not just your average meditation. Some of these people have meditated before. It takes them to a really deep place of healing. So it's 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 just beautiful work and it's so simple. It's so, so simple that we we need to have those pause moments in our life every day to contemplate, reflect, to find whatever works for you in your self-care package to give you back self-love. You know, the simple things like taking five minutes for yourself, having a lovely bath, Mm -hmm. you know, just sitting in the quiet, going for a walk on your own, just 
anything simple that can bring you back to a place of being connected with yourself. Because to create a different world, so our world that we see is on the external. And so often we look for gratification from the external that I'm a good person, that I'm leading a life that I'm deserving of. But in actual fact, it's the deep inner work that we need to be focusing on. And when you have done that deep inner work of reflection, contemplation, meditation, all of the self-care, the simple things, and you're, as I've said, you know, um, loving yourself first and foremost, that ripples out into your external world. So that's then what shows up in the external. So... And you know, I have to say, I think you really are walking your talk in that you're seeing how it ripples out. This has been, I feel very calm sitting chatting to you. (laughs) Well, you know, we're recording this at the end of a rather crazy day that I've had. (laughs) And it's like you have totally calmed me down just being in your presence here on Zoom. So, you know, I think it's obviously, it's definitely, it's definitely working. The one thing I wanted you to just ask you about was you said when you were chatting earlier about how we are all unique. And I really, really do hold on to that. And I have a, authenticity is really important to me. And I think sometimes people think I'm a bit unique, a bit different. And my, my, I think just because I'm quite clear and obvious and honest about what it is I want to say and sometimes people like that and sometimes they don't but it's who I am and what I often say to them is I'm just being myself that option is open to all of us all the time and raising two teenage daughters it's like you need to know who you are because if you don't be who you are and know who you are you're going to turn around in your 40s and think I don't know what happened to me you know or your 50s or your 60s or never worse do you think so I really am on board with you that we are all unique do you think people are scared to be their unique selves? Or do you think they don't know how to be? I don't know. I don't know what my question is, but I was just around that uniqueness. Have you got a thought on that? Yeah, I love that question. Mm. <laughs> I do. So personally, I grew up being a people pleaser mm-hmm. because just what I've touched on um, in my previous comment about you know looking for that external gratification you know, wanting to please my parents, wanting to be the good girl at school, um, loving that my teachers, you know, when they were proud of me, because going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, when you reflect back, it's how people made you feel. As a small child, you train yourself, you become quite conditioned at such an early age. Um, Some of us do at least because, oh, that felt good. You know, when somebody praised me, that was good or... I was rewarded there, so that felt good. I'm going to do more of that. And I think that we have ultimately such a huge responsibility as adults to children to um, really let them know that, you know, we're not wanting, especially in schools, you know, we're not wanting to churn out. It's not a factory where we're churning out, you know, carbon copies of, you know, teachers or, you know, adults or each other if you like because you ask any seven-year-old in a class who the who the brightest is in the class they will tell you you ask them who you know is you know the kindest they will tell you at three years old 
I used to go into my nursery very often and spend time with my three-year-olds because they were my greatest teachers mm. in the whole building. They were so, and I don't mean this in a negative way because we think of ego again in a negative way, but three-year-olds are so egocentric. I am. I'm the brightest. I'm the cleverest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm the best painter. I'm the best builder. Aren't they great? Three-year-olds have just got life sussed. And somewhere along the line, we forget that and we'll lose the yeah. sense of identity. And it took me to my 40s to try and get it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what happens between the age of three and seven So our children, the neural pathways in the brain are being laid down and they're being hardwired with the conditioning from society. And I mean the adults, you know. So um, they're watching more TV, likely. They're spending time, you know, with adults. Their communication's coming more online. They're building up, you know, lots of... And I don't just mean verbal communication. It's even in the signalling, the facial expressions are you know, our body communication. So there's a great deal of brain development at that point. And, you know, there's a great deal of responsibility for the adults to really ensure that our children continue on that trajectory to think that they are the kindest, the best painter, (laughs) the best builder, you know, the best reader, we have a responsibility to ensure our three-year-olds continue to have that high standard of self-love from that early age and hold on to that self-identity throughout their life. Without a doubt. I mean, just like, I, I so I'm like, I'm fan, I'm a fan girl, I have to say. Kelly, you've just <laughs> taken what was a really quite a stressful day and just got me feeling great now. So when you look, when you look forward then, you've got the soul call. It's quite new. It's only since April, so we're only we're not even six months old yet. Are you excited about the future? Oh, I'm so excited about the future. And I think, you know, taking that step away from a very secure salary, a big identity as me as a head teacher with a lot of responsibility in the community. And I had to put down the guilt and shame of stepping away from that role and that responsibility during, you know, very, I don't want to call it a crisis, but chaotic times, you know, with mm-hmm. COVID. And, but I felt that I had to walk my walk. I couldn't just, you know, walk yeah. the talk anymore. And so I'm a great believer in you have to lead to yourself first. And there has been so many people that have been so loving and so kind to me and said, my goodness, what a great leap of faith you've had and what courage you've had. And it's only by reflecting back that I thought, yeah, that, uh-huh. that was quite courageous. I'm not a risk taker. Go me, you know, I can't believe I did that. Uh-huh. Um, and so I have put a great deal of trust, not in what's out there but what's in, in here. here oh love it love yeah, it Sally. faith in my heart and so it's about leading yourself first doing that inner work and trusting and then that then gives other people permission to do the same don't you think it does and that's that's the whole thing of this podcast when women sat here and speak their truth my intention was that it would give those that are listening to speak their truth too whether it's to themselves or anybody else it's all good. Thank you so much for such a beautiful conversation, Kelly. 
Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you again for having me along. It's been lovely. <laughs> it has. It really has. And we can connect with you by looking up the Soul Call, yeah? Yes, I have. Uh-huh. Yes, please do. <laughs> Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.